Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the first inaugural episode, the long-awaited podcast that none of you knew was even being planned for the better part of like six months. It is Squadzilla, where a bunch of fucking nerds talk about the greatest kaiju franchise of all time, the man himself, Godzilla. Hell yeah. I am, I am Tom Oliver, that there's the theme song. That we will probably add it in post, possibly, and get copyright strict and get our channel destroyed. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, you know, I had to add the roar. Fuck. <laughs> no, we should do it for now on. Whenever we, we are like, welcome to the squad, so we all, all of a sudden go, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, with better quality than that. But, you know, this yes, is a learning exactly. process. This is episode one, the first yeah. one. Uh, mm-hmm. Do you want to just go around the table, introduce ourselves, and then jump into it? Is that how we want to do mm-hmm. this? I would love that. Yeah. Tom, Tom, start you, us you, off. Uh, yeah, Tom, go ahead. Who are you? All right. my, my, are my, you? my name is Tom Oliver. I, I've I've been I know I've never met you guys before. Just a bunch of strangers just hit me up and said I want to do a podcast, and so I was like, <laughs> okay. You said Godzilla, and I was sold. It didn't matter. Um, I've been a Godzilla fan my entire life. Uh, and what I do online right now is I make, uh, uh, video games and 3d animations and, uh, do some other podcasts, do podcasts with you guys. I do the POS podcast, with you guys every now and then. Mm. And, uh, we've been friends for like, like the better part of a decade at this point. Nice. Right. Yeah. Like, Almost a decade. <laughs> fucking crazy. doesn't Three feel like years. it. Uh... But, um, yeah, we've, we've just been hanging out doing stuff. We're all kind of online internet people. And, uh, we just decided, Hey, we're all big fans of Godzilla. The new movie dropped a couple months ago, and we were like, "We gotta, we gotta get, we gotta get the word out. We gotta let people know that they're sleeping on some great shit." Because that movie didn't do very well in the box office. Yeah, fucking. It performed modestly. So the objective of this podcast, because I know we spoke about it before. By the way, my name is Saber Spark. And <laughs> what we what we want to do is, I am like the the Padawan learner. Tom yeah. and Jack's here. They know their stuff. I I've only seen a few of the Godzilla like movies from the franchise. I'm relative not relatively. I'm very new to most of these films. So, the objective mm. of this podcast is each episode will be us discussing a particular movie from the franchise. And I believe we're going to go in chronological order of when it was released and work yeah. our way through. So, this episode is going to be us breaking ice as far as like who we are, how we got into Godzilla, which Tom already hit on for himself a bit. And then we'll get into our discussion of the OG film that started it all, uh, Godzilla 54. Yeah. So, Tom, is there anything else you want to discuss about your love and your passion for Godzilla? Yeah, sure. I'll just do a quick recap. I've mentioned it a couple times online. So, if anybody knows who I am, they've probably heard the story. But for the uninitiated, uninitiated. Uh, uh my my love of godzilla started when i was like five years old uh i got through it through my dad he was a big godzilla fan uh when he was growing up as a kid and so we actually before i even got into godzilla i watched ultraman the original ultraman yeah like a 60s tokusatsu show like one of the granddaddies of tokusatsu mm-hmm. um and we'd watch that it was very kid friendly you know like guy comes saves the day a transforming hero um mm-hmm. and my dad was also at the time because this was like 90 i want to say 94 ish probably mm-hmm. um he was importing or getting like bootleg copies of the 90s godzilla films that were coming out at the time because mm-hmm. there was a break after like i think like the mid 70s or like the late 70s they stopped and they stopped making films until the early 90s and so he Those found the out 80s too yeah so he found out that there were new movies coming out and so i got interested and we watched godzilla versus king Ghidorah 95 which is going to take a while for us to get to but that was like the first 90s godzilla movie the first one i ever saw i fell in love with it and Mm. ever since then like me and him have just like it's been one of our things just watching the new godzilla movies as they come out we suffered through 98 together and like we've slowly been building back up like you know trying to get america get its street cred back but all the new films that come out we're watching them together and we went back and like went through the entire catalog we've seen everything at this point and uh yeah it's just ever thrown for 25 years now i've been a huge godzilla fan it's never faded nice jack what about you okay so when i was a kid it was very similar to tom but uh for me it started with uh action figure because like i remember as a kid 
um my friend had like this like giant lizard toy and at first like i my stupid ass thought it was reptar and i was like what what is that is that reptar from i was like no it was godzilla i was like what's that and then like i went and asked my mom and then she showed me these movies because she loved them like what's funny is my mom loved godzilla she like had all the yeah she freaking adored those movies and stuff like that she talked about like when she was a kid she would go watch them and stuff like that so i was like oh that's cool so like um because um growing up in england we had these uh vhs tapes which sadly can't watch on the american vcr which is bullshit but like um she got me like all these ones and it was like various ones of like okay godzilla versus abira godzilla versus um uh, king Ghidorah, godzilla versus mecha godzilla and uh, like godzilla destroy all monsters which was like my favorite for the longest time as a kid that was like just so fucking hype but like um i was like falling in love with the show and then like i started learning about other things because um in england there was this thing called like monster night where they would have um uh, basically all these uh different monster like movies playing so they have like you know king kong uh the 80s king kong and then like godzilla and and then gamera and all that stuff so like i would like stay up and watch it and i was like oh my god this is so cool but and then like um when i was watching it i was just like oh these are just so freaking badass and awesome so like i just fell in love with godzilla then i started like watching them piece by piece just like going down the line of just like uh this thing because like back in the day we didn't have like wikipedia or something like that so i had to like actually uh go look up like okay which godzilla film first because sometimes when i watched him i felt like i watched him out of order because i know for a fact i watched like fucking what was it yeah i watched Oh yeah, I watched like I I didn't see 1954 until I was like I want to say eight. Yeah, I didn't because I wa- I had seen a bunch of. Them. I think I started watching when I was like six or five. Like that's when I started getting really into it. And um, oh yeah, I just fell in love with it. And then like my mom saw I was really into it, so she got me like the action figures. So like had Angiras and freaking Mechagodzilla and Ghidorah and all of a sudden I make them fight each other and it was like so cool. And then like um, I remember being unreasonably hyped for the. 98 godzilla movie because i kept getting all these action figures for it and i was just like oh my god this is gonna be so cool oh my freaking god oh freaking p diddy new music video this is gonna be so hype and then i was just like watching it and i was just like even as a kid i was just like i mean i sort of like jurassic park better and he why did he die that way and it was because I, I just i was like what the frick but then the cartoon for that show came out and I was just like, okay, all my action figures are validated. Like all my action figures are like, <laughs> validated right now because that that this is that Godzilla. So I I loved it. Like I watched the old Godzilla with Godzuki. I remember I watched the old sixty um, Godzilla cartoon, and when I saw Manila in the movie, I kept calling him Godzuki because it was just like, oh, it's Godzuki. Yeah, it's freaking right, right. Godzuki. Yeah, I kept I kept saying that over and over. And then um, I think when I fell super in love with it is when I watched uh, Godzilla versus Destroya because when I watched that movie, like it just that shit made me cry like hard. It made me cry like super hard. And I was like, I love this franchise. I love this series. And then I've just been watching them ever since, you know? And then like when they had the new stuff come out, I was like, oh, fuck, yeah, this is hype, hype. Let's see how they do it. Because, uh, yeah, like I've just been, you know, super, super into this series for so long. And then my mom loves it. My dad loves it. Oh, most of my family loves Godzilla. So it's just like a tradition in our house. So that's how I got started. And that's my little origin for it. Excellent. So both of you are... You grew up with the franchise. Like you've been hell watching yeah. it for years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Hell yeah, dude. Just been watching it, grinding it. Like all the cartoon stuff is just. I still. I think I still have like VHS of when I used to record the cartoon when it used to come on TV because it just. I I love that cartoon that that the nineties one with like a uh, freaking Zilla doing this thing because they made him like a boss in that show and it's like that so was funny. good redemption. So I remember mm-hmm. watching that too. And I was like, why is this version of Godzilla superior to the movie one? It is like night and day. Those mm-hmm. actual monsters. And those and those monsters in that show looked pretty freaking cool. Yeah, yeah, they did. Like the people in that show, like because they also did uh Extreme Ghostbusters and freaking the Men in Black cartoon. So like they always had like these really out there designs for their creatures it was just like oh shit yeah like they made those monsters feel like and to me, like the one that was like eating giant squids and stuff like that like that first video i was like oh uh, this is that's a good feeling i like that like i like the design they did and how they even brought back like the original zilla like as a monster that that was cool i like the continuity that they did with it so for myself i knew godzilla mm-hmm. as a kid i had some of the toys i had mecha godzilla godzilla himself uh Ghidorah. I didn't really understand the significance of the franchise. I knew of it. I knew, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. Godzilla is a thing, and there are Godzilla movies. I uh, then I I never really 
cared to watch the films. I thought they looked silly and dumb, uh, pointless. But my guess is a silly rubber suit. Who cares? Uh, mm. Then, as time went on, I started to realize monsters are cool. Uh, I think what really started to make me reconsider this was when Pacific Rim came out, and I yeah. was like, "Oh, this is a really cool big monster punch him robots film." Then Godzilla mm. 2014 came out disappointed still had some uh moments where it was like okay that was well done but the rest of the movie nah uh, mm-hmm. and i think that was what kind of reignited my also i like that godzilla's design i thought it was a nice like more um mm. like brutal not brutal but it, it was a good makeover I, I liked what they did with godzilla 2014 mm-hmm. so since then that's where my passion for godzilla has really rooted in king of monsters totally won me over I'm like, this is so cool to see these giant creatures mm. given proper makeovers on the big screen look terrifying. They look like they can move mountains. And uh, I've been hooked ever since. I'm, I'm, I'll be real, guys. I'm surprised we're getting King Kong versus Godzilla. I hope yeah. it goes well. It's going to be weird. But uh, yeah. I guess we'll, that'll be an episode someday. Yeah, when we cover King Kong versus the Godzilla, the original movies, so that'll be a fun episode oh, to talk. Oh, Lord. <laughs> yeah, that shit. I mean, I, that movie made me so salty as a kid. I was like, this is bullshit. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, before uh, before we even go further, because we said we're going to do every episode in chronological order. Saber, yes. why don't we let everybody know, going in, what ones you've seen versus what you haven't. Yes, yes, yes. 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 So uh, I've, I have seen Godzilla 1954. I watched mm-hmm. it twice. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched it recently with... Um, with uh, you guys and yes. uh i also watched it with my girlfriend once so I- i've seen that one i've seen um godzilla it was 98 right the one where um it was the and, and, zilla yeah zilla uh that was mm-hmm. nine, uh, 98 or 99 one of those two 98 i've seen yep. that i've seen king of monsters i've seen uh 2014 i've seen parts of everything else i've seen the netflix series which we will discuss about too i think that's absolutely yeah qualified. do we have to Yes, yeah, we, yeah, uh, we got a, the highs and the lows, dude. The highs. Yeah, and I guess. Oh. Fuck. This is. Uh, <laughs> Never wanted to watch that again, but okay, let's do it. Godzilla's uh, one of the longest-running franchises ever, and it's mm-hmm. amazing it's... to think of its like humble origin, where it's like just a guy in a rubber suit. Not even a rubber suit, according Cement to Cement suit. Yeah. Yeah. It was but, like it was like some other crazy stuff. I guess that that can lead us into talking about the first movie. If we're done with the preamble, we want to kind of dive into the the topic. Let, let's do now. it. Let's talk about let's talk about the the first movie, the one that started it all, Godzilla, nineteen fifty four. Yeah. So fifty four is an interesting film because it's so much like it's not what you think of when you think of godzilla right because the the film obviously wasn't made with the idea of let's make a franchise that's going to last like the better part of a century Mm -hmm. you know the the idea was that they wanted to make a film that kind of talked about uh some of the stuff that was going on in japan culturally at the time dealing with you know the fallout of like the hiroshima and nagasaki bombing but also Mm -hmm. from what little i've researched about it is there was also some issue with like uh radiation poisoning of like fisheries that yeah. they were they were doing over in japan like the, the fishing uh industry was hit hard by like nuclear testing mm-hmm. so they decided to make a movie that kind of talked about these issues in a indirect way and that's where godzilla came from mm-hmm. yeah. and so it's a much more serious somber movie that doesn't really have the cheese or the schlock aspect that a lot of the series kind of grew and kind of became famous for it's mm-hmm. a very like humbling movie about the the dangers of nuclear power uh being kind of just let loose upon the world yeah it's like no go ahead i was gonna say when it comes to the inspiration for films and movies and shows and comics or whatever i'd say godzilla's top five i mean this was made by a people that bore witness to what is the most terrifying weapon in human history like that kind of inspiration doesn't happen every day thank god so mm. like for them to take that like nightmarish like ordeal and the fallout of it and say how can we tell our story on the big screen because when i watched 1954 you can just feel how like these people are still shaken up by what happened almost a decade ago and mm. how it, they still live in fear of it like it could happen again uh that was that was very well told how symbolic godzilla is for the atomic bomb yeah yeah in fact he's not like just a freaking 
superhero or a villain he's just like a, a creature that's a force of nature that just shows up and it's just like okay i'm just gonna go knock shit over and poison shit and it's just like it's really actually terrifying because like what's funny and in, in the way where it's like you barely see godzilla in the first movie like because of course like what tom said earlier about the suit being made of cement and the dude fainting like nearly like every time you put it on it's it actually works in that jaws effect where the less you see the more powerful it is when it is because like they keep so showing all this like stuff is like okay we can't go to this area why there's footprints and there's radiation everywhere though it's kind of weird that they're not wearing radiation suits but it's the 50s we're gonna let it slide and then it's just like oh uh what what is this creature like what's going on here and then they like talk about it and like the when you see him like show up and how it just how powerful it is like it still has a lot of power like people can say like oh it's just a dude in a funny suit and it's just like no if you were actually like watching it and just for what it is at the time especially at the time it's just so powerful like oh crap how do they do this and then there's like so many cool little editing tricks that they were able to pull off like making like godzilla look even more massive and making him more domineering and i just thought that was like really really great because i remember as a kid like i thought it was just um I remember as a kid at first, I was kind of a little brat about it because I was like, why does he look so weird in the face? Because I also used to the other ones, but then like other Godzillas have weird faces too. But it was like, uh, it didn't, I didn't start to appreciate it until I became like a teenager. And then like as an adult, I can just like look at it and go like, this was actually like magnificent for what it did for its time. Oh, absolutely. I think one of the, the crazy things about the movie is like, it's easy to look back at it and be like, this is so primitive. This is so silly. But mm. a lot of the special, like King Kong and stuff, like a lot of the special effects at the time were all done with stop motion. Mm -hmm. Stop motion's animated at half the frame rate yeah. of film. So all that animation is very choppy and stuff. And, mm. you know, since they used the suit, it ran at the full frame rate of the film reel. And so it looks a lot smoother. And I think it aged a lot more gracefully, not, not to shit on the stop motion, you know, mm. of the time. So right. it's really well done, yeah, but did. it helps, it helps it kind of maintain the uh the streamline or kind of like the the keeps your immersion going a little bit better just because everything's kind of moving at the same rate and a lot of the shots are all shot at night so the shadows really do a lot to kind of like increase its presence like dramatically but also kind of they mask some of the you know the fake things in the shadows so it kind of blends in with the environment and stuff a little bit better mm -hmm. um, the black and white it, works to perfection for this movie it oh really absolutely does. You I would not want to watch color. this colorized. No, no it would black and yeah, white. I don't need it colorized either. There are certain no. films that just work in black and white, especially if and it also like enhances the mood. And this movie, like, because I know that there are time, there's a time where it's like we have no choice. But like, there are moments where it's up to the director and these and the people who are making these movies to go, can black and white enhance this? And for Godzilla, like tenfold, it does. There's mm. there's a scene that they don't they don't have these kind of scenes in the other movies because they're trying to be more upbeat and everything but there's a scene after his first attack where it's like really quiet and they're just going through a hospital and like the tr soundtrack is basically drowned out by everyone screaming and children crying because like everything is destroyed and it's just such a subtle moment but it's just because it's in black and white and it's just like this really stark terrifying scene of just the aftermath of this devastating uh, natural event basically mm -hmm. and it really kind of just sells it so much better than it was like in color and there's like bright whites and poppy colors and all that stuff it just it really just oozes tonality in a, in a way that color wouldn't have done it justice with in my opinion yeah because it like it just makes it eerie like that black and white is very like ghosty and like very just like oh my god like th this was a serious thing that happened because like another godzilla movie it's like there's always this feeling where they like get it but this one actually captures that like that fear of just like oh fuck like you feel like if i was in that situation i didn't this the way they're reacting to it is just like that's terrible that's horrifying like it's just oh. like i just on a boat minding my business having fun with friends oh there's a giant creature i'm literally stuck here i cannot move uh, like i'm at the will of this beast and it's just like such a uh encapsulating thing for you just be like i i, I don't know what to do what the heck to do with this creature and then the fact that like again it works so well for being a man in a suit that, that like i agree so much with like what tom says because like i've rewatched king kong and i do agree like some parts i do enjoy that movie still like don't get me wrong but like there are some parts where it's like this is really choppy right here like when he fights the giant anaconda and stuff like that and it's just like yeah this looks off it just uh it just doesn't feel right but with this movie it just feels like oh my god it's just amazing in my opinion real fast um and i'm not sure if you all know this off the top of your head but who 
or which people are responsible for Godzilla? The company, the the if there are individuals who, or if there's a individual who is like well, the the IP is owned by Toho, and I'm pretty sure they've had it for the entirety of of the series. Um, I know Toho's in charge of it at least now. They've been in charge of it for fucking ever. Mm. Um, in terms of who created Godzilla, I see. Here's the interesting thing, and this is the interesting thing where it's going to show the chinks in the armor of me understanding this franchise. Mm-hmm. Is because I was a fan of it and got into it and was into it as a little kid. There was no internet, so yeah. like the vast majority of my love and interest in Godzilla came from a time when I couldn't just fact search everything. So like, there's a lot of like probably interesting Godzilla trivia that people who get into it now will know that I don't. Like mm-hmm. all of my passion and stuff really comes from like an internal source. Um, mm-hmm. So I can't just rattle off names and stuff like that. Cause like, I'm still into Godzilla now, but like, of course I'm, I'm into like other things and like, you know, like those, like the new, newer kind of stuff that I've gotten into newer media that's come out since is the stuff that I will like wiki and get like much more familiar with. But right. Godzilla is not that. And there's kind of a part of me and Jax, maybe you can identify with this. Mm-hmm. Like there's a part of me that appreciates the the ambiguity like i i kind of like don't like seeing the guy in the suit i kind of like like keeping it all in my mind because i've Mm -hmm. I've, growing up i was never able to see behind the scenes pictures or footage of godzilla being made right so like Mm -hmm. it never it always had that degree of like childish realism in my mind of like it was all real and Mm. so you know 20 years later being able to just google godzilla like production diary or whatever and And then see like the guy in the suit yeah it's very jarring Mm. it's and so like i almost don't want to start digging just because i kind of appreciate the fact that there's this like this mythos that just kind of exists in a bubble because of the inability of technology for me to learn it. What at the we'll time. do yeah. then is uh, I will post on the screen right now. <laughs> that way we can keep, we can preserve our, 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 uh, our childlike ways. But yes, like, I respect that because like, I mean, again, we do live in a day and age where if we want something, it can happen at the click of a button. Uh, who yep. directed this? Who did the screenplay? Uh, who, who, what company is this the mm-hmm. fifth or fourth uh, film in their filmography? So mm. I, it's amazing to think that there was a time and it almost seems out of mind now where we didn't know. Like uh, I was told that Godzilla as a franchise in particular where you kind of just went into a video store on a wing and a prayer and you have no idea there will be mm-hmm. even a Godzilla movie in there to begin with. Mm-hmm. Well, the, the, speaking to that too, is that like growing up, like buying the toys because Trendmasters, they had like a whole huge line of Godzilla toys back oh, in yeah, they did. the mid nineties. Mm-hmm. Um, the movies that these toys were based on didn't have wide releases in America. You know, mm-hmm. I think like there was only a handful of them, like Godzilla Returns or Godzilla 1985 as it was released in the States. Right. And I think Godzilla versus Biollante, I would find a couple times at the, the at Blockbuster, but mm-hmm. a lot of them weren't released here. And so right. you would get like Mecha Godzilla and like you'd be like, why does he look like this? This isn't what Mecha Godzilla looks like. Mm-hmm. And, and you just wouldn't oh there was another movie and i found out a couple years later when we got the bootleg it's like oh that's where this design comes from yeah like, so it was just really it was really weird even mm. just thinking back now like how did trend masters get that license and why did they think it would do so well if there was like like you know media now of course it's all about building franchises and stuff so like you mm. just you it's all from, from it's designed from the ground up so like mm. we're gonna have merchandise through this, we're gonna have tie-ins for this, we're gonna have video games for sure. this. Yeah, like sure. Trendmasters just got Godzilla and just thought it would sell some figures, and like there was really nothing to support it. It's mm. very strange. It's it's a it, business model that doesn't happen anymore. It is really odd though, like because I again like I love the fact that you brought up the video store thing because it's so true. Like sometimes you would see a Godzilla film, sometimes you wouldn't. Like it depended on the video store. Like I remember growing up, there was like a video store that used to go. Uh, and with my dad and then we would go get donuts and I would like eat my donuts and drink some Sprite and then like we would like go pick out a movie and I was just like oh if they have a Godzilla film that's really cool but or like but it's just most of movies we owned ourselves like my I had to go buy or I didn't buy them but my parents bought them so I was able to like watch them in order it wasn't like I was able to just go like oh cool go to the store and just be like oh yeah that's fucking awesome you know shit like that so that is like you brought up such a valid point there with like the action figures and how like they're able to take this and be like okay those would make some pretty boss figures and stuff like that and then just you know start doing it like how they were and like make them like actually look pretty damn cool so it's just uh, that is so fascinating to me how that whole played out Real fast, um, just to bring it mm. back to the movie, 
we've discussed yes. Godzilla. I'm sure we can go more into how they present on the big screen as far as like different shots and, and just how he commands the screen. What are your all's thoughts about the human actors though? Uh, the, in the first movie, actually I've liked uh, most of them for the part because it, for again, like I don't speak Japanese, but then I've seen the dub, but like, uh, so I just going to go off like the original Japanese one. Cause I haven't watched the dub in like, God, Hold on a second. real fast. Jax is, is the dub for Godzilla the original like mouth not syncing up like oh, yeah, fucking Godzilla like oh yeah 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 they're like oh the classic dub well Godzilla like you can watch like all these classic because I have them on VHS still like there's that whole thing like hey it's Godzilla I love it that, that like the, the original like miss syncing or the weird like dubbing of Japanese movies that mm-hmm. is that Godzilla was Godzilla I don't think it was that? because like I think there were also some. No, actually, I, I, I don't don't hundred percent quote me on this because like I know there was a lot of martial arts films that okay. did that, like, but I don't know if they because Godzilla came out in fifty-four and there are other I don't know who started I think those started getting like main prevalence around the seventies, uh like when Bruce Lee and all taken over the screen. So I, I yeah, I'm not gonna like talk on my I'll ass here. I, I was just curious. Yeah. Sorry to derail you. Okay. So talking about the human actors. Uh, oh no, the human actors I thought like they played it very like organically for the most part. Like from when I was watching Japanese like they play like okay look there's this freaking giant dinosaur creature. It's poisonous. We have to, you know, find a way to kill it. And then like, you know, like, I mean, of course there's the dude with the eye patch, but it's just like, it it is funny that there's like a dude with the eye patch, like I must destroy this monster. But like, besides that, I thought everything else was just like, oh, it makes sense why he lost his eye. Uh, All these characters are acting, you know, just like how people would like uh it, it like go if we fast forward really quickly to like you know how shin godzilla how everyone acted very realistically it's like that's how i think like this movie did like they acted like pretty realistically in my opinion yeah i mean shin godzilla which we'll get to way the fuck later because way one the, the fuck newest later, ones yeah. is is probably the closest the franchise has come to matching tone with this mm. movie um yeah it's because that both of those movies godzilla is a force of nature there's no other monster in there and it's all it's more about uh how people react to this situation and commenting on issues uh with politics and just society at the time both of these movies have the exact same goal they're just talking about different issues because they're Mm. 70 years apart um i think the human acting in this was really good i mean a lot of the times especially because i was a kid you know i barely paid attention to the story of the movie because like i just was there to watch you know guys in rubber suits punching each other Um, (laughs) i'm actually really interested in watching them all again it's been a while since i've seen a lot of the 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 showa films that you know the 60s and 70s ones so it'll be interesting to watch those with an adult mindset and kind of like digest the story in a more uh active manner Mm -hmm. but the story in this is really good i mean it's it is nobody it doesn't do like the the american thing especially they did in 2014 where it's like you follow one guy who's like just like the the hero and like he's trying to do all this stuff it's just mm. like these are just normal people doing their best to deal with a situation that is really beyond any of their scope mm-hmm. you know my favorite thing thematically about this movie and it's pretty obvious but it's interesting to state anyway so anyone who might not have seen it is right. that everything they throw at Godzilla doesn't work, mm-hmm. you know, like, like they try planes, they try tanks, they try guns, they try electricity, everything. And nothing works. The only thing that ends up killing Godzilla in the end is science fiction. It's something that doesn't exist. The oxygen, the oxygen destroyer. destroyer. And that's like the message, right? It's like, we've mm-hmm. created a power that we don't have the ability to handle. And the only reason they probably even bring in the oxygen destroyer is because the mat, you know, story-wise for the film, you want to have a positive resolution. Right. But like in reality, if this happened in the real world, there is no oxygen destroyer. We're all fucked. And yeah, that's the exactly. point of the story. That's the it's, theme is that uh, this power is uncontrollable. A mm. sense of helplessness, which is very weird, especially for like, okay, humanity after world war ii i mean humanity for most of our history been able to take you know most natural disasters on the chin even if we do bite it by the millions it's like we can still bounce back to face right. a force that is literally of no like nothing no answers for it and it's also moving and alive and it can also like actually have a conscious of its own and say hey you in that general direction you're dead that's mm. something and that's something hard for us as humans apex predators 
we think that this is our planet to have something that basically says fuck off yeah. that's that's hard to face so the fact uh, that we're just parasites to it well yeah and and i i think it's interesting how as we will go through the franchise we'll see how these different movies like our relationship of humanity with godzilla friends foe bystanders but very much so in the first movie we're on the receiving end humans and mm-hmm. and you're right tom like everything we throw at him is worthless and useless and it was only science fiction that solved it so it's kind of a, a like a bit of a reminder morbid. yeah morbid reminder that like a day could come where just something shows up and we have no answer for it and that's yeah. terrifying that's truly terrifying yeah, being helpless like that is like truly terrible. I think that's like just like honestly, th- th- this is a thing like with a lot of like those kaiju movies. Like we love to watch them and stuff like that, but it's just like if you're actually in the scenario, it's just like this is horrifying. I don't know if I'm gonna get stepped on. I don't know if I'm gonna get fried. I don't know if I'm gonna die from radiation poisoning. I don't know what the fuck's going on. And then you experience the fear that all these people are going through, and the fact that like oh, usually the military can come save the day. Oh, one tank shot to the heart, it's done. Boom. Oh, that shit didn't work. Okay, what do we do? Let's try our jets. Boom, don't work. Let's try this. Boom, doesn't work. And it's just like you keep feeling like what can we do? And it's just like okay, I'm facing my extinction. I don't know what the heck to do. And then the fact that they come up with this science fiction thing, like Tom said, is just like, it's, it, 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 it's a good way. Like it's a good way for a happy ending. But then like, you know, if you're someone like me who like always loves like contingencies and stuff like that for like movie things, it's just like, okay, but realistically, how the fuck would you get out? It's just like, you, you can't, you just got to like deal with what's going on. Like, unless like some, like, again, like unless some science fiction thing, like Pacific Rim happened, it was just, you know, kind of fucked in the scenario so oh, it's terrifying think about i want to give props so to move away from like the you know meaning of the story mm. um, talk about utilizing models with a giant rubber suit and effectively mm-hmm. like filming like i i love it i love how the folks who made this movie were able to go how can we make this how can we make godzilla this human actor in a suit look mm. big uh, by always you know filming up towards him by right. or from a distance with mountains to kind of be dwarfed by his size his giant mm. footprints in the sand uh i i think my favorite scene of all in the entire movie is when the um the train hits his foot and yeah. the way it breaks on him and blows up like there are some scenes in godzilla 54 where i'm like how'd they do that and that was decades you know almost a century ago at this but not not really almost a century but close to it we're and creeping up on it we're yeah there. we'll get there soon enough but that the, the way they made the movie was so good it wasn't like some like oh they didn't know what they're doing and it's like no they they had an idea or at least they discovered ideas as they were going along and it worked quite well mm-hmm. yeah i mean there's there's one shot i even mentioned while we were we we're watching the movie that i always really like every time i rewatch it there's a part where they somehow they have a camera inside one of the miniatures and it's yeah. stabilized so it doesn't move. And the suit actor steps on, on the building, crushes everything. There's no debris falls on the camera, but debris falls everywhere where you'd want it to. And then mm. just walks away. And it goes from this interior shot of this building, which is a fake building, a small miniature building. And then it, as he walks by, you can see the rest of the cityscape outside of it in flames destroyed and it's such a gorgeous shot and it's so well composed but like these these are miniatures that had to be broken by just like real physics and just hope that everything was still (laughs) shot and like (laughs) cropped properly it's not like they had a guy with a computer to be able to cg all the little pieces to fall exactly such Mm -hmm. like it's so good i I, I think the mark of a good um artist is when someone can watch your work or see your work and they go how'd you do that and yeah the fact that it's been again we're getting we're closing in on a century and i'm sitting here and i'm like how'd they do that that that's amazing like mm-hmm. and also just like a really smart shot because it really shows you the terrifying like destructive power of godzilla he just mm-hmm. stomped a building and just moving along and everything else is on fire the city burns you're all helplessly just screwed and mm-hmm. just man good shot that, that that you're right tom that was a good shot <laughs> it yeah, was, was great amazing, tom was so um i'm trying to think of other things to discuss i i, I will say the human actors uh, as far as my think of them 
I thought mm-hmm. they were all right. It's kind of hard to steal the show from Godzilla. Um, yeah. He was used, Godzilla himself, because Tom and Jordan, you both mentioned this, how he didn't really appear in the movie as often. Like, com- like, it, like the moments he showed up were very impactful, effective moments that really kind of took the movie by the helm and said, we're going this direction now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, like, in the meanwhile, like, seeing the human actors kind of run back and forth ask what is it is it even real is it folklore Mm. is it a scientific thing we can analyze oh (laughs) speaking of science i i thought it was hilarious the scenes when the fish in the tanks would turn to skeletons and the lady would go ah yeah that was funny yeah the lady the in typical in typical uh uh, old movie fashion the lady was there just to scream like like Ah! and faint then yeah that's 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 every time i rewatch that scene now it just reminds me of a uh, freaking when um hogarth is watching that movie in the iron giant and he's just like let's go to my place oh and then the woman's like screaming about the brain thing and it's like it's, like he's just watching an old 50s horror movie like that's how i felt it was like certain scenes like that it just makes me laugh every time i see it just like oh ah! just like calm down it's it's, it's really it's over <laughs> yeah <laughs> something i think about a lot when i watch this movie um and there's just an aspect of it that I'm never going to be able to grasp, which is kind of unfortunate, is that like when I think about this movie, like when it came out in the context of its original release, because like we watch it now and it was not the first Godzilla movie any of us watched. Mm-hmm. Um, so going into it, the slow, almost horror movie-esque buildup, like mm-hmm. we know what's coming. It's like, it's Godzilla. I've seen him in a million movies. But like mm-hmm. in the context it's kind of like how when we first watched something like uh, like Cloverfield or something. Like, oh, what yeah, is this creature? What is it mm-hmm. like? And they're slowly building up to the reveal and they're slowly feeding more clues. And like that aspect of the movie is almost lost on modern audiences because it's such a cultural icon now. You know going in exactly what Godzilla yes. is. Yeah, exactly. It's like watching... Um, uh, is, is anything like when you bring a character and make them a cultural icon... Uh, when you go back and watch like their first appearance, like e- like the way they work, like for example, a uh, Terminator, right? Like when we think of Terminator, we think of him as like, oh, he uh, like for the T eight hundred, the the one Arnold is. Like we think of him as just like, oh yeah, like that's Arnold, Oscar La Vista baby. Like he was helping Sarah Connor, he kills, but he's like killing mostly bad guys and stuff like that. But then you go back and watch the first movie. If you've seen two two T two first, it's like you go and just like. Oh, he's a bad. Oh shit! Oh wow, he's he's a mon- yeah. And it's just it's it's a bit of a like like you said, culture shark where it's like, oh my god, like I I've already seen Godzilla like fifty times. What are you gonna do? And it's just like they're really trying to make him scary. And for the first audiences, it is like that could be terrifying. Like again, like it's just like um just a monster showing up like if you were to show like a freaking four-year-old that scene you'd probably be scared of godzilla but if you show them like freaking godzilla versus megalon he probably like i want a godzilla action figure you know yeah. so it's just like the, it's the, just... there are moments in cinema you're absolutely right where it's like mm-hmm. nowadays we, we are so overexposed to trailers and posters you have to deliberately avoid it and even then that's difficult but like there are those moments you see godzilla rise from the ocean for the first time and go whoa mm-hmm. or see other moments in cinema like vader and luke or Mm -hmm. the return of like you know and t compared t1 to t2 and how that Mm. definitely turned things around Uh, yeah so uh, like that uh, i think it's okay Uh, once again it's so fantastic that godzilla took roots or took root when it did because i feel like if it came out any later it would have been more I don't know, it probably wouldn't have had a, as much of a chance to make an impression. I think right. it came out at the perfect time to, and also, as you've all been saying, it made on a very serious note as well. It wasn't like rubber suit guy slapping around, you know, rubber suit guy too or whatever. Or mm. I, don't, I don't even know if that even exists at the time. But it's mm. like, no, this, this, these folks had a story to tell from a place of inspiration that was very, very like raw to them. Mm-hmm. And, and that was beautiful though i do want to highlight another part about this movie that mm. became a common denominator leading on throughout the franchise and to this day is still fantastic it's the goddamn soundtrack oh yeah fuck yeah that soundtrack is just so iconic so literally legendary like it just when you hear that like like the build up to it like it's just it's such a great powerful thing because you it gives you the feeling like something's coming 
And I just, I feel like whatever it is, is powerful. Like the way that music like hits like certain chords, just like what is coming right now. Like you can just hear it. And then when he appears, it's just, oh my God. And like, oh, it's so, it's, oh, my ears. I think they use heavy that. brass though for the sounds like the Really? I have to double check, but like they knew their instruments and how to get an effect of like, because it didn't even necessarily sound like evil like nefarious music it's just more of a a force of nature has arrived yes i think that's what's so important about it because like godzilla is not a villain per se there's no evil intent it's just Mm -hmm. a creature and like the evil is humanity grasping at things it doesn't fully understand yet that's the real evil of the film the creature is just an effect of that and Mm -hmm. so the theme it, it, it invokes a sense of power but not evil intent. And I think that balance is very hard to do. Speaking of someone who doesn't fucking know anything about music, but I just assume <laughs> that's very hard to do. And, and the balance is done so well there. And I think the best thing you can say about the soundtrack is that it's still used in the modern films. Like mm-hmm. the score, like a ton of them, a ton of those tracks from that movie are used throughout the entire series, even mm-hmm. like 50 years later. In most of the Japanese movies, all this, the, 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 the themes from this original are, are in there. Mm-hmm. And it's like fucking wild. Tell me this. Yeah. And I know, again, this is off topic to another film, but like the chills that went down my back when I was in the D-Box experience watching King of Monsters. Oh, God, and, yeah. And, and when Godzilla arrived to Boston to hear that roar... And then they hear that dun 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 like that that build up to it. It's like wow. And the chairs were shaking along with it too. Because D box is awesome, people. Like you should try D box if you haven't already. That was a great experience as far as picking that movie for it because like with every footstep you can feel the chairs shake with Godzilla steps. And I'm like that exactly. This is what I actually. Oh man, that was I can't talk about that film. That's gonna be a a very up and down kind of episode when we get to it. But yeah, but yeah, the the music. I mean, again, like you've got so many things that were these seeds that were planted in 1954 that to this day are like evergreen where it's like, no, this is part of the franchise endearingly. So right. Mm -hmm. So much, so much of Godzilla was established in the first movie and just never changed because it never needed to. The design Mm -hmm. is pretty much the same. There's been obviously minor iterations and stuff, but aside from a certain movie that won't be named, the design has been (laughs) very Mm -hmm. consistent. And uh, you know, the uh, the 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 flame breath, you know, the the glowing spines. This is like everything. Like a lot of the iconography didn't grow as the series went on. It was all established right in the beginning. And a lot of the icons that came later were just like the rogues gallery and the other mm-hmm. monsters that are introduced. But like the foundation was all there, and it never needed to be updated. Right. Yeah, exactly. That's perfect. They like are like this is a perfect design. We got a perfect like outlet. Like again, like they change the design every now and then, but it's nothing like it's still like it's just it's what you said like um in one of your videos, Tom, a while ago about like if you recognize them from their silhouette or something. Like I think some you said something about like Goku's hair and the right yeah silhouette. yeah like you can recognize Godzilla any form of Godzilla besides that one you can recognize well even that one even though we'll just pretend it's a cartoon one yeah so anyways yeah you can like recognize them just from like a shadow silhouette like it's just like that form that spines that just the way they walk the way they move it's just like it's so iconic now it's just beautiful like they made a great design for that what do you think about uh as far as how like okay so i know his design changes throughout the franchise but there are core elements to it because when you look at godzilla i mean he's very much so based on the lumbering dinosaurs of old the ones that are now mm. debunked as as far as like that was incorrect um because it's it's rare to see i'm not rare like the dinosaurs back there were like the t-rexes had big massive legs and they held their back and the tiny little arms close to their chest and held their head high now it's more like a bird where it leans out um but what do y'all think about how his design where it started and how it's evolved uh yeah it's just like to me personally it's like i i i like i first off i like his design um now i'll I'll say like this like we'll talk about it more when we get to it like it's not my favorite godzilla design especially since this is the first one it looks like a bit clunky like i i love this movie and i'll like give it all the praise of the world but like again like for the time it like godzilla does look a bit clunky and a bit like awkward at times but like it, it works it works for what the time was given um 
uh like design wise i thought they did you know pretty good at just making a creature that's very recognizable like i said earlier and um uh i'm i like it i like it like um, again my favorite designs are like probably 90s and final wars like i just love those designs for godzilla but like um this one i thought was like a great start in my opinion yeah i mean this is like like we were talking earlier about the the benefits of the the guy in the suit kind of uh mentality for for going forward the special effect is that it keeps up with the frame rate and stuff like that the drawback Mm. of course is that you got to fit a guy in there somehow and that means Mm. that you have to basically have a human bipedal uh anatomical structure for everything you do unless you really 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 want to go out there you know and Mm. if you watch even modern you know tokusatsu like Kamen Rider and Sentai and, and all the rest all the creature designs in those those shows are still basically humanoid because they're guys in the suit and they just throw a bunch of accessories on top of there to try and mask it as best as they can and so when you look at Godzilla it's very clear that like it was designed to be how much lizard can we put on a guy you know because like at the end of the day it has to be a guy lumbering around in the suit and uh I think it was probably closer to what at the time you would identify as a dinosaur because they were more kind of bipedal standing upwards, you know, that kind of idea of how, what we thought dinosaurs were. So it probably mm. looked much more accurate to the concept at the time, but mm. um, I think it worked. And I think they really lean into it a lot going into the Showa series where they make Godzilla more of a character, mm-hmm. like having him be humanoid and have, letting him be able to do human things like Godzilla boxes and punches guys yeah, later on. Does a kicking move. <laughs> and it, and it would be yeah, kind of weird him. to, kind of weird to have like a realistic lizard throwing jabs and stuff so i like, feel so bad for the angerous guy then <laughs> like, well he's just on all fours crawling around and shit like, like that's the whole thing it's like like you you've got to make compromises with with that technology quote mm. unquote. and uh, <laughs> i can't you know what i can't wait for the because like, the... i don't know if i've ever seen that whatever like we'll get to it when we get to it <laughs> yeah oh uh, yeah but I mean, the design's iconic. It just works. And it's like, it's a great point with the silhouette. You look at Godzilla's silhouette, no matter what incarnation of it, and you just clearly, you understand what it is. Mm. Um, they created, a, and it's a simple design. It's not too crazy, you know? It's like they took a Tyrannosaurus Rex, they changed the proportions to fit a suit actor and threw some fins on the back to give it more of an aquatic coming from the water kind of aesthetic. And that was mm. it. But that's all you need. Because like, what is what is it? What captures a child's imagination more than a T Rex? You know, it it's fire just, from his mouth. Exactly. It's just such a. It just captures the imagination, and that's so the they just thing ran ever, with it. How like they running with it? They're like, we'll make his spines look cooler. We'll give him yeah. a, a different face. We'll give him a different colored breath. We'll we'll yeah. we'll enhance how he grows. But like when I rewatch Fifty Four with you guys and with my girlfriend. Um, for some reason, I thought Godzilla spines on his back, his dorsal fins, or whatever. Uh, I thought they wouldn't look as uh, like profound as they mm. did. I, I thought it'd be more like a couple of lumps, but it's like no, they look pretty defined. Almost, I was that was a pleasant surprise to know that even back in the first movie, those spines were kicking around and even mm. glowed. That surprised me when they glowed. I was like, whoa, like that's yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, so cool all, that they had that all of the stuff day. was there. It's pretty wild. It's pretty wild how they just you know because a lot of series change and grow over time but like God, i mean godzilla obviously is no exception but so much of the iconography was there from the very beginning it's really cool mm-hmm. well is very there cool. anything else you all because we're in closing here on an hour is there anything else y'all want to discuss about the movie itself or do you all feel like we've kind of set our piece about it uh, all i can say right now is just that i think like it is such an iconic film that like hit like at a point when you know japan needed it and they made like such a iconic character with such beautiful like music and scores uh like so it's very powerful to watch it like again like you know if you're like a freaking like smarmy person you'd be like oh, it looks like fake here but like again if you just appreciate like godzilla and you go back and watch this like as a genuine fan like you definitely enjoy this entire film like it was like fun to rewatch. yeah absolutely um another thing i would recommend uh to anybody who might have seen the movie uh, it is entirely different to watch the sub within the dub because no, the dub version really is. Because <laughs> yeah. it's not only it's not only that they you know it's dubbed. It's that they add they add a ton of extra scenes. They add Raymond Burr in. There's a bunch of yeah. new shots. A lot of the shots are actually out of order in the dub to change the story to have it work better with Raymond Burr in it. 
because he's right. like a reporter reporting on everything and so a lot of new shots are injected to change the story and like all the main characters in the in the japanese version are kind of secondary and he just mad raymond burr just magically knows everybody and it's just mm-hmm. it's not bad because i think like a movie like this would be hard to receive in the states mm-hmm. you know especially considering we're the one that did the deed. <laughs> so yes. I think that's probably probably the <laughs> yeah. big reason why they changed a lot of the stuff to make it right. more approachable to, to Western audiences. But if you've only seen the dub, definitely worth checking out the subtitled version because it's a different experience for sure. It is. All right, guys. So are there any other things you all want to add to this episode before we move on to uh, closing things out? I think we're good. I think we're good. All right, gentlemen, I need to ask then, what is our next film? Uh, Next up on the docket is Godzilla Raids Again, which is the the first introduction of a new monster is where that kind of whole dynamic starts is in Godzilla Uh Raids Again. No kidding. It's it's that soon where another monster shows up? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Word, word. And and I'm going to take a guess. It's Angris, right? And Garrus is yes. the next one. Oh my and God. so you and you <laughs> haven't seen this one before, right? So this I, is gonna be I, I have not. Oh, All this right. is gonna be fun then. Yeah, this is gonna be a good one. I look forward to seeing it. All right, guys, you want to plug anything before we go? Uh, subscribe to my YouTube channel, Jack's Play. I'll make you super. Just saying. Boom. Uh, follow me on Twitter. I'm doing a bunch of low poly 3D art and working on a video game and a bunch of other cool art stuff. Check it out. It's All good. Right. I promise. I have a channel where I review stuff and all the links for all of our respective things will be in the description. Thank you all for joining us. We'll see you all next time. Bye. (laughs) Oh, we didn't even say it. His sound, his voice is a a baseball glove being run down a cello. How cool is that? That's fucking amazing. Dude, I got to get a cello and a baseball glove for the next episode. Yeah, dude. You get the cello. I'll bring the glove. (laughs) Iconic. (laughs) Iconic. All right, bye. Bye.